thing, you know, we're in the business of going fast and so are the teams and, um, you know, they, they push it to the absolute limits and sometimes over it and that, that's what happens. And the full credit to Shane, you know, he just, just merged into the, into the family as if he'd been there all along. I was embarrassed for that race to restart in Tasmania. Dumb shit like that, that just isn't acceptable. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. It's Tony Whitlock, who's finally back behind the microphone. Craig, it's great to be back. I didn't make the event at Tail and Bend, but you had a good time over there. Indeed I did, and it's a pleasure to have you back in the driver's seat once again on Inside Supercars. I watched from a distance. Uh, As uh, you may or may not be aware, I don't get Foxtel, so I was only watching the edited highlights. Um, It was a dominant performance by Triple Eight, both days qualifying, one-twos, both days races. The cars certainly had massive speed, and, you know, they they did their usual old thing, which uh, was something they've been doing for some years. And, of course, now back on top of the championship with Shane grabbing that lead with a second place on Sunday. Mm. And uh, one thing about coming up in the weeks ahead, I spoke in le- at length with Mark Dutton about the satisfaction of going to a new track like that and having that sort of success. So uh, that's certainly, if it's not next week, it'll be definitely be the week after on the show. Just before we go into what is on the show this week... Um, Interesting to see that DJR Team Penske were floundering almost. Um, certainly Fabian was nowhere. Scotty was doing his best, but really not making much of an inroad into things. It was their worst and first time off the podium since Homebush in 2016. So that's a long time for them to have now fallen that distance. The other very obvious thing was the speed that the BJR cars. Now, obviously, uh, to a degree, that's echoing the ZB performance of the triple eight cars but great to see brad and kim with their pair of drivers in uh, and of course they're running four cars in the main game this weekend but to see both nick and tim in the top five that was a fantastic result it was and uh, tim slade mentioned early in the weekend that the bjr cars do like that super smooth low deg uh, type of racetrack which is exactly what we had at tail and bend so i guess he was extremely disappointed on Saturday when the result uh, didn't come his way that he was expecting after good pace on Friday. And then, as you said, bounced back with uh, both he and Nick Perkett on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, uh, obviously they have got a great setup. And if you think back to uh, when the series went overseas um, and they were on the Tinkler circuits, they always did seem to be able to uh, rise an extra an extra step in uh, those events as well. Well, the Herman Tilke uh, tracks, that would be. Sorry, yeah. Um, yes, and, of course, they also they also did very well at Albert Park, that same type of very fast corners, super smooth surface, um, and, as you say, low degradation uh, of uh, the tyres. Um, you had a fascinating weekend because the, uh, the NASCAR people were in town. That's uh, Steve O'Donnell... Um, who's a executive uh, president and chief uh, racing development officer, and uh, also John Probes was there, who's also involved in it. So you spoke to both of those gentlemen, or, or to Steve O'Donnell? Uh, we spoke to Steve O'Donnell on the record. We said hello to um, uh, to uh, Mr. Prost, but we uh, uh, Tom Howard and I, Tom Howard from SpeedCafe.com, uh, had a, an opportunity to speak 
with uh, Steve O'Donnell about why they were there and about motor racing. And also we we talked a little bit about uh, the Supercar Series and its relationship with NASCAR and uh, the similarities that they might see. And uh, also talked about uh, some of the things going on in their world. They've just bought ARCA, as you'll hear in the interview, and they also have, over the last few years, gone to segmented racing, which I, led me to the conversation about, well, racing over two days, like supercars do, and uh, you'll hear the answer when uh, we run that interview a bit later in the show. Well, that will be interesting. Now, the, the, one of the big pieces of news at the weekend was Roland Dane, who joined the series by buying John Briggs' team back in about '03. And one of the first things they did was, uh, after grabbing Craig Lowndes, was then grabbed by Jamie. But um, you had a good chat to him because Triple uh, Eight became um, the winningest team in uh, Australian touring car racing. We'll just call it touring car racing because that covers the multiple of different uh, categories that we've run across. And they became uh, the one 181 race wins, I believe, is, is the uh, number, which obviously Jamie's got a large number of those with Craig uh, taking some of the others. But um, Roland uh, gave you a good time uh, in terms of covering uh, good subjects? Well, we didn't actually speak about becoming the most successful team because there's a lot of things going on. As That a, was post-event. <laughs> yeah, well, we spoke to him post-event, but uh, uh, so many things going right. on, getting his thoughts on Tail and Ben, getting his thoughts on the series, how management's changed this year, and I got his perspective on how that changed and how Sean Seymour's going. We also... Uh, spoke about some of the talk about calendars, and I know Fogues has uh, got a story on auto action at the moment about potential changes in the calendar, and that was certainly a talking point across the weekend at the bend about uh, where the calendar and how the calendar is going to fall. I understand that uh, the discussion at the weekend came out about um, possibly up to six events being two-day only events, that um, which is a, an interesting. Obviously, yeah, that comes off the back of the. Uh, Eastern Creek, uh, Sydney Motorsport Park one. Yeah, and uh, Roland gives us his thoughts about that. Um, in the weeks to come, we speak to Nick Ryan from Nissan about the rebranding at Kelly Racing, yep. and I've asked him about that as well. So, um, yeah, plenty of people were happy to talk about what might be occurring in the calendar next year. I, I think the biggest, perhaps the biggest shock to the fans might be that they're going to, uh, well, at this stage, it looks like they're going to cut around. So uh, dropping it back to 15 events from 16 this year. Um, and that will be very interesting right. to see how that all balances out. And uh, spoiler alert, it looks like it might be Phillip Island that goes. Well, I mean, it's always been such a uh, poorly attended race meeting. It's uh, not hard to imagine. And, and of course, uh, Victoria does have the benefit of uh, additional uh, meetings over those and say, in, in New South Wales. Mm. Um it's been a, a, a fascinating weekend, though, um, to be at Tail and Bend. Um, so are we going to be going now with Roland Dane coming up after the break? Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, Through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. 
Uh, we were able to beat the two level two boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Roland Dane, congratulations. Another fantastic performance in a brand-new circuit with a brand-new whole set of challenges. Yeah, it was. Uh, very, uh, <clears throat> uh, very different from yeah the, the average weekend here uh, probably more similar to Circuit of the Americas when we went to, to Texas for the first time uh, but that's what makes it interesting is having, uh, having a different set of, of challenges and then seeing if you can rise to them. When you see an event like this and a part of an event like this what do you take away when you're debriefing and when people talk to you about what needs to be tweaked to make it better you mean the circuit or us or what or the, the whole thing you know there's a, there's well, a lot of things and they're all little things that you improve over time I'm well sure. from our point of view the we, we um despite the results there are still things that we know we could have done better and uh and you know we'll be honest with ourselves next week as usual and say okay it's a stonking result for the um, the two RBHRT cars, uh, but what could we have done better? And um, uh, so if, uh, that's something that we do on a regular basis. We need to continue to do um, as we go through this cycle of back to the soft tire, then to the hard tire, then to the soft, then to the hard, and finally the soft again at, at Newcastle. Based on what you've seen this weekend, would you look at saying, well, the super soft? would be the preferred tyre for 2019? Well, I don't use that terminology. It's some nonsense invented by somebody who no longer works here. But um, as far as I'm concerned, we've got a soft compound and a hard compound. Um, and the, uh, there's an argument to say the soft uh, would be a um, good thing here. But uh, I'm, I'm not convinced by it yet. I think that uh, it's, not, it's not a bad idea to have some some differences as you go through the year and um and the, it, it made the the cars difficult to drive it made it tricky you saw the the um lap how the lap times were um seesawing during that that race just now and that was really a lot of that was to do with people being cautious through track dirt um where they weren't sure if, or uh, people had put dirt on before them or whatever and uh, so the track was varying, um, a little bit like a wet race, and um, and it, it you know, made it tricky, and you saw people making mistakes as a result of it. So um, I'm not convinced that it actually is the best thing to go to the soft tyre. I'm sure all the drivers will want to because they always want more grip. But you know, at the end of the day, we're trying to we're trying to entertain as well. I was interested in your opinion. Yep. I'm interested in your opinion on um, race length. Do you think tracks of this style work better over a longer period where the, the event has more strategies that can play out? Because certainly yesterday, everyone had to come in at the safety car because it was right bang on the window, and that's the risk that the format can run. Yeah, but that's, that, I mean, that's always there. Uh, 
the, the whole argument about um, <clears throat> about races, race lengths, etc. We're not in a bad place at the moment. Um, I, yeah, I do sometimes think that um, we make it too complicated for the viewer on the hill here. Not on television; it's very well communicated. On TV, it's, there's more and more forward-facing data, etc., that they're using effectively, and with good commentary and etc. They, they they tell most of the story pretty well. But the the man on the hill here, I don't think we show him enough respect about um, about what he understands and can see. And, that, and I honestly think one of the reasons that MotoGP is so successful over the years is what you see is what uh, is what you get. And you got a race, you got blokes going for it flat out, and uh, the bloke who's leading is the bloke who's leading. Is that something we should be doing every weekend? No, it isn't. Because I think our category benefits from having different formats during the year. Um, but I think there is quite a lot to be said for not necessarily not having pit stops, but, but they're short, sharp tyre stops, for instance, no fuel, that sort of thing. Uh, and it, that might do a better job of keeping everyone on the hill fully informed. One of the big questions the NASCAR is asking itself at the moment, uh, our races are too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the world's moved on. Um, so is it are we doing the right thing you know, people in Formula 1 saying should we have two shorter ones that sort of those conversations are going on at the moment well in fact I asked the guys from NASCAR that yesterday yeah. they went to their segmented races and yeah. that sort of thing and were they looking at something like us where we race Saturday Sunday and they, they've gone yes it's something we're considering so yeah. um, you had an opportunity to speak with the delegation I imagine and uh, what was your take out from how they approached this visit Oh, it, yeah, I mean, they'd come down here clearly to try and learn more about supercars and what we did right and what we did wrong. Um, and as a, as a major motorsport category in their own right, then uh, that's only smart. You know, I, I keep an eye on what's going on around the, uh, around the world on a motorsport level every week and talk to people on a very regular basis in uh, working, working in and around Formula One, BTCC, uh, WTCC or whatever it is now, um, TCR, um, <clears throat> WEC as well, and just to, to, to try and glean uh, really what's going on in a changing world. So they're doing the same, and um, it's smart. Do you have any uh, preference on what we're doing? Would you like to see any major changes? Uh, certainly, I speak to the truckies, and they go, uh, and for the Queensland truckies particularly, they're going Perth to Winton, and, and all that at the beginning of the year is very very heavy load on them um, uh, no I mean that's just a, that's a matter of how the calendar is structured and uh, you know we, si- we said we'd do a very tight schedule three years ago as a one off and we've got saddled with it um, and it can't go on um, yeah, the burnout in the beginning of the year is, is ridiculous, staff turnover in pit lanes higher than it's ever been uh, so something has to give and, uh, but uh, a lot of it is just down to um, organising the calendar in, in a better way. Yeah. The movement or discussion going on about going from three-day races to two-day races, does that help take that workload off? Oh, look, it, it might do a little bit, but that's, it's, it doesn't necessarily really help the turnaround times. Um, it, uh, so... Yeah, it can save a bit of money. Um, there are some positives out of it, etc. But you know, it's not practical everywhere. 
Um, we we need to be able to do meeting rides on Friday evenings and this sort of thing. So there's some there's some tweaking we can do, I'm sure. But but yeah, let's be careful about it. We have seen a transition this year to a new CEO. Has that led to much of a change in the way everyone's been up to work in around with supercars and how supercars is working in amongst itself from your opinion? Oh, certainly Sean's uh, doing a uh, very good job. He's, um, he's very open uh, and I think he's, yeah, he's trying to get his head around um, all the things that some of us have yeah, been a part of uh, all our lives really and, uh, he, and he's trying to get his head around some of it pretty quickly to, to understand the challenges. The biggest, the biggest thing for me, though, for anyone, doesn't matter if it's Sean or anyone else, is that um, you must always keep in mind that old saying that, yeah, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it, and um, and we don't need to make the same mistakes every time a new person comes along. So, Sean um, is uh, doing a very good job so far of trying to of trying to take that into account. So hopefully, no sixty sixty repeats of. Uh uh, a couple of generations ago well the 60-60 thing to be honest um, uh, I support it because um, but the concept was not carried out correctly because people wanted to spike it so therefore it got spiked but um, but actually it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad I don't believe it was a bad concept if it had been run properly as two short sharp uh, races and don't forget it was predicated at a time when we had free to air television so you, like NASCAR in, their, in creating their stages of trying to give natural points to go to a, a, a commercial break, that was the thought process behind the 6060. That's why it was there. Mm-hmm. Everyone forgets that. But we were, had a, an FDA partner at the time, and we had fans who were screaming at us saying, stop keep going to ad breaks. So you're trying to come up with something, which it wasn't necessarily in exactly the right format, but that was the thinking. And if we if we stuck to trying to develop it, we actually might have had something that was suitable for that market. Do you think, uh, was it just a slightly long uh, wrong length, or do you think it was, you know, what would you have tweaked if you had your time again then? Oh, I mean, probably the way that the... Uh, yeah, the two parts of the race effectively interacted. Are they racing in their own in their own right? What can you do in between them? This sort of thing, etc. Which just, um, which for sure, once you're doing it, it needed some tweaks. But and and without going back over it all and thinking, well, what can we do to improve it? The fact is, we didn't try and improve it. Um, it's it's like reverse grids. Yeah, we just dumped them all, and you know, and, and I, I I was anti them at the time as well. We just dumped them all instead of thinking, well. Yeah, should we have a partial reverse grid or something like that, etc.? Yeah, we just didn't. It, we just uh, bang dumped it all, and we've done it a number of times. And it's yeah, we're we're collectively not very good at enhancing change. At, and sorry, embracing change. Sounds like you're getting a bit frustrated. No, I'm always frustrated by. I think uh, in terms of, uh, I think I think we. Um, I don't think we're as good as we could be, and um, as a as a category, and therefore, and that's fine, you know. It's but but we congratulate ourselves all the time on how good we are, instead of saying, well, how could how good could we be? 
and we are good don't get me wrong and I like to congratulate ourselves every so often but I also like to say actually how good could we really be if we put our minds to it well we've had two new things over the last two races and your team has certainly responded to the challenge and has set up for a massive fight throughout the season of endurance yeah it's, it's good I'm looking forward to it uh, you know I hope we've made the right choices uh, and in co-driver land um, and that, uh, that we give them the, the tools to uh, the tools to perform as well do you still put Bathurst ahead of a championship um, yeah I mean it's so hard you want both of them to be honest but uh, yeah, Bathurst is very special coming up after the break next will be Steve O'Donnell from NASCAR giving Craig Ravel an insight into NASCAR's view on inside supercars of supercars itself. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Steve O'Donnell is speaking with both Tom Howard of Speed Cafe and Craig Ravel on Inside Supercars at Tail and Bend about the developments. Tom P speaking first. What have you made of the of supercars and, this, and the bend so far? Uh, I think it's, uh, first of all, a really impressive facility. Um, you know, I understand it's first time here for the, for the series, and uh, the people and, and everybody in the industry have been incredibly welcoming. So it's, uh, it's been really impressive. What's the, been the reasoning for the visit? Just have a look around? Or? Well, I think uh, we've got an off weekend, which is rare uh, for NASCAR in the States. But uh, for us, you know, we're looking ahead at where we might want to go. And uh, through a lot of the OEM partners, they've talked about um, what's unique about this series. So, you know, I think it was always in our best interest to, to take a look and, and talk to some folks about what's worked uh, for this series. And uh, everybody's been incredibly open say when you want to go in terms of regulations and cars and stuff not yeah, exactly we're kind of we're, we're looking at you know our, our gen 7 car um you know engine you know everything and how that evolves over the years and there's a lot of similarities here to what we do um so i think just sharing some best practices is always good uh you know we're all fans of motorsport in general so uh this has been this has been great you've been impressed so far by what you've seen i really have um i think all the operations are incredibly professional um, you know, it's, it's uh, really interesting, too, to see how much is shared between teams and the relationship that the different teams have. So um, it's been awesome so far. Are you actually going to sit down with some of the people from Supercars, the championship themselves? To we are, yeah. We're going we're gonna to have a talk um, just to see you know, what are some of the things they do in terms of how they officiate um, scrutineering, you know, those, those types of things. So uh, we'll spend some time and answer any questions, too, on our end. But uh, I think most of all, you know, John and I are here as race fans as well. And, uh, you know, if we can get a chance to come out and see something different we want to want to do that could we perhaps see nascar coming here or is that just completely <laughs> ridiculous i think we're probably a long way from that i think uh when you look at this series i think they've got a pretty good uh 
pretty good thing going, um, which is awesome. Um, you know, some of the owners that are in NASCAR are obviously over here as well, which is great. So, you know, for us, um, part of what makes NASCAR work is, is seeing all forms of motorsports work, and um, that's part of our visit too, to see what we can do to, to, uh, to kind of share some best practices. Is your visit, do you head back after this, or are you staying here for a bit? Or No, we're heading back. We had our race next weekend in, in Darlington, so and then our, uh, our playoffs start uh, very soon after that, so we'll be pretty busy. Um, but we thought, um, you know, just in some recent conversations, you know, Mark Royce obviously was over here with Holden and had talked about uh, some of the things he'd seen in place um, with the Australian uh, Supercar Series, and we said, hey, let's go, let's go check it out. There are some, some similarities. The Mustang is coming here next year. Yes. You obviously, you've got the Mustang in the in the states. Yep. So there are definitely some similarities between the two. There are. Um, you know, you can see obviously, you know, potential for the Camaro as well. Who knows where where that goes? But uh, very similar in terms of you know what's being raced. Um, what consumers are buying and, and how does that match up to what's on the racetrack. So um, it's, it was interesting hearing how the Mustang, how that was put together, you know, versus kind of the four-door sedan look. So um, I'm excited to see how that'll, how that'll play out as well. Is there anything in particular that you've seen that you'd like to take back to the States so far? Or? I'm not sure yet. I mean, I think uh, there's a lot of things, right, obviously, that, that we've looked at, but it's still so new. I think, um, you know, most importantly, it's just uh, the openness and the willingness to kind of share ideas um, and for us, and I think uh, just relationships that, that we're able to build. You know, some common folks we know back and forth from the states and here. Um, some invites we've passed along to folks to, to come check out the races. But, um, you know, all in all, I think just, just really well done in terms of the setup and the look and feel from the race. Australian involvement in NASCAR, is there's a lack of understanding here about just how influential people like Barry Graham and those sort of people have been. Can you give us a view of how you've seen Australian involvement there? Oh, it's been, it's been huge. I mean, and, um, you know the the involvement um, you know from the country and, and the sport of NASCAR has been tremendous. Obviously, with Marcus Ambrose when he came over, a great representative of the country. We miss him actually uh, being over. So I think there's a very common passion for motorsports um, in both Australia and the United States, and you can see that here as well as we kind of move around the garage. Just the passion that people have, um, and that's infectious, and that's something that we love about being here. Is Australian supercar racing perhaps the closest to NASCAR there is worldwide? That's a great question. Um, You know, I think there's so many similarities in terms of of what they've done. Um, They've had a chance to kind of start a bit from scratch to where we had some history that we had to maybe change some things. But, um, yeah, I I would say there are a ton of similarities that we've seen. You have uh, moved to playoff racing, uh, sorry, to uh, segmented racing, and I guess in some respects our multi-race weekends is an equivalent is that a safe uh, you know long way away observation no, no, I, I i think it is i think um for us you know our races are usually longer um so it was a way for us to uh, put some incentives in place in the middle of the race create some breaks uh that our fans have really embraced obviously the races here are shorter except for the endurance races like bathurst um but so far it's been successful and we've liked what we've seen is that something where we're seeing IndyCar have the, the two-day race weekends? Is that something that NASCAR could even start trying, or is, it, is that a bridge too far for the hardcore? No, no, I think that's something that, that we are discussing. Um, I, I would never say never to that idea. I think um, that's one of the takeaways from here is, you know, less rounds, um, but, but two events at the same track. Um, that's something that's been on the, the beginnings of discussion, still probably a long way away, but something to look at. Of course, NASCAR is more than just the uh, the main Cup series, so many feeder series, and I'm interested in how much time do you at the head office put into how your development pathway is structured? 
Uh, a lot. Um, you know, one of the things that's unique to NASCAR is, is we're proud of the fact that, you know, from 15 years old all the way up to, to the Cup Series, we've got a path in place. Um, so we've got a touring series kind of in the east and west. We've just acquired ARCA, uh, which was really big for us, some great relationships. And then with the trucks to Xfinity to Cup. So um, it's a good feeder system where we're able to keep drivers uh, coming up through the system. And it's, it's, it's been a big area of focus for us. How do you then leverage all those other series because the main revenue is coming from only a, you know, it's Pareto, 80-20? Well, I think if you look at um, the Xfinity series or even the trucks, when you look at the ratings for those series, um, you know, the Xfinity series is the second most popular form of motorsports in the United States. So in and of itself, it draws some really big ratings. The trucks do really well as as well. So, you know, having that good television presence has been really big for us. Something that you've had to handle over the last few years is the changing of the guards. Supercars is right in a very difficult position. They've got their biggest star about to move out. What advice can you give to series that need to then have other stars step up because I don't know if you know this but it's Craig Lowndes at about 60% recognition and the others are in around that 20% mark. Well I think with Lowndes I think what what I've heard is you'll probably see the same thing that we had with Dale Jr and I think what's great about him is um, at least I, I haven't met him but I've heard this that he wants to stick around the sport do some TV, do some different things, and, and we've seen that with Dale Jr. And as long as there's that connection still that's maintained to the sport, I think it's been very helpful. Dale Jr. for us has been a tremendous ambassador, and he's helped some of the new drivers on what he's seen, what he's experienced, and I'd, I'd expect the same thing here. How much influence does NASCAR have on the air apparent, and how much is it the fans driven? I think it's mostly the fans. I think we can we can do uh, you know we certainly give drivers opportunities, right? And we can promote them and put them in places. Ultimately, they have to win, right? And ultimately, they have to have that personality that fans embrace. So um, we certainly do our part. I know Australian V8 does the same thing, but you've got to perform on the racetrack at the end of the day. Have you had much time with Nathan Prendergast and talking about the media side and the television and that sort of thing? I have not yet. No, no. Is that one of the one of the stops? Um, yes, we're going to sit down. Yep, and talk. What do you like about the television coverage that you see over here no i think it's great i think one of the unique things too is it's produced by the the same group um which i think is fantastic in terms of being able to promote um some different sponsors during the race so you know the coverage is great it looks great the cars look great yes you call it delivery here on the cars um, versus paint schemes for us so uh, i think it's terrific thank you very much yep. for your time no thank you appreciate it welcome back to inside supercars After the break, we'll come back with our final thoughts. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every every year I see Jackie Stewart at the Grand Prix and I just remind myself of of his part in in starting the the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Inside Supercars with Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel. Craig... It was an interesting time at Tail and Bend at a new venue which we haven't seen in 20 years. And what a venue What it was is your too. thoughts about it? Yeah, amazing venue. Thanks, Tony. Um, you had the benefit of seeing it uh, earlier in the year for the Shannons event. And um, this time, well, 
whilst there was still dirt being kicked up onto the circuit and the like, uh, there was quite a bit of grass that had been put down. Uh, when I when I first pulled up at the circuit, I don't know if you had this feeling because uh, n- not belittling the Shannon's event, but it doesn't have the same circus and infrastructure in and around it as supercars do. But pulling up at the, the circuit first thing on Friday morning, I really felt ha- or had that feeling of uh, Circuit of the Americas where, you know, you just turned up and there was that presence there at the Welcome Centre and then uh, moving away around the circuit and into the, you know, in, in amongst the pits and, and the cars there. That was the sort of impression it left with me. Um, of course, the Welcome Centre had so many different cars and every day they would uh, arrange the cars in a slightly different position to um, let everyone appreciate the cars that were in on display. Um, I must admit, I had a a family function on Saturday, so I was actually in my car and heading uh, down the highway back towards Adelaide on Saturday night when the uh, chequered flag was unfurled. But on Sunday, uh, travelling with the uh, Supercar Magazine crew of uh, Adrian Mussolino, Paul Marinelli and... uh, and Peter Norton, they said to me that uh, getting out on the Sunday was a far smoother experience than what it was on the Saturday night, and uh, I think that bodes well that uh, so quickly was the management able to look at some of the issues from the uh, previous day and and try and implement some uh, changes to help uh, facilitate a a better experience. And I I certainly think that with 41,000 people over the course of the weekend attending the Bend, which they were expecting about 30,000, so they certainly exceeded their expectations, uh, the people would have gone away very happy with the experience there, I am sure. And I don't think a a little wait in the uh, car park would put anyone off. And and if you're a promoter, having people waiting in the car park to get out is almost the uh, perfect scenario because it means you've had a, a, a big number of people attend your event. There's no doubt that the Shaheen family um, have done an amazing job. Uh, they made a commitment to build this uh, venue and um, they have done it in spades. It is just an extraordinary. I didn't see it, obviously, uh, last weekend, but back in April, you could see the foundations are all there. And they were very unlucky, or I suppose uh, many people would uh, say that uh, that's to be expected in the area because of the, the high winds and uh, there's not a lot that grows down there. It's not a high rainfall area. But um, it, it's a fantastic uh, positioning, an hour out of Adelaide. It's only uh, three or four hours, maybe a bit more, maybe five hours out of Melbourne. Um, and it's certainly a, a doable place for many, many people. So I think that they, the Sheens have to be congratulated on what they've built. Um, and uh, um, it certainly was interesting to see um, that uh, the heavyweights of the series, albeit uh, most of them wearing uh, Holden badges, were up to speed um, on the, the weekend. Uh, your... Um, Feelings and final thoughts on that particular subject, uh, Craig? Well, my final thought is have a look at the uh, sector times of the of the cars throughout the weekend. Sector 1, which contains probably um, a, a goodly portion of a one-kilometre straight, and uh, it was quite noticeable how much quicker the Holdens, 
Red Bull Holden's obviously leading the way, but the rest of the Holden pack was compared to the Fords. And even the Ultimates were very, very, uh, were very, very quick in that first sector. It looked like from my simple um, evaluation of the three sector times, and I have spoken to people who've seen micro sectors, um, it looks like that uh, this, ZV, this ZB Commodore could be very, very fast when we get to two tracks that like slippery cars. And, of course, that's the next two, Sandown and Bathurst. And uh, if if Triple Eight and, and others can really uh, get a second advantage in one sector of a racetrack, oh, boy, howdy, when they get to uh, two drag strips at Sandown and, uh, and then, well, Conrad Strait and uh, Mountain Strait, at Bathurst. It does, um, well, it's a subject we should spend uh, the next few weeks looking into, and uh, we'll, we'll track that uh, subject down by uh, talking to some engineers and getting their points of view on it. Uh, I understand that there was some uh, bit of extra test uh, testing went on before the meeting with uh, Jamie Wincup and maybe David Couchy. Yeah, a great little uh, interchange between Jamie Winkup and David Reynolds at the press conference on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I did a few hot laps in the Avis Rent-A-Car a couple of weeks ago. and um, put Fast? Down, yeah, some, put down some big lap yeah, times, AC. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I got an invoice for ripping the, ripping the bitumen up just under acceleration at the back there. But, uh, no, nah, it, was, it was good. A few of the boys have done some laps. I, yeah, I've, uh, I've, I did some big laps. I think it was a... Kia, Kia, Kia? Ooh. Oh, maybe it might have been I-30, actually. Couldn't work out if it was front or rear drive, but I think they're all spinning. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for another episode of Inside Supercars. Tony Whitlock, very glad to be back here. I will certainly be back uh, on stage, uh, so to speak, at Sandown. I'm looking forward to that, but also looking forward to next week's show when there are obviously lots of very hot topics to be discussed in that uh, interlude that we follow up after this. So thank you very much, Craig. And good night from him. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.